Hello, welcome to Mark Langley's Horsemanship Podcast, a podcast helping people to understand their horses better, to provide solutions in a calm, connected way. I'm Jenny Barnes. And I'm Mark Langley. Mark, I've watched you approach lots of different horses and there is a groundedness about you, um, a very centeredness about you and stillness. You're very in the moment. You're totally aware of what that horse is doing and what you're doing. Everything seems to be quite deliberate. And you talk about being really grounded and centered a lot in your training. I've got a question here from Tim who watched a video of you as you were helping a horse that was quite anxious in a paddock and you had a really loud speaker near the horse, which was um, making the horse quite scared and was the horse was running around really quite close to you in, in a flight response. Tim said if that was him, um, he just wouldn't have had the confidence to stand there and uh, to not know that the horse wouldn't run over the top of him. And he's sort of quite aware that he'd like to improve his confidence. Have you got any suggestions to help him in that area? Thanks for the question, Tim. I, I, I quite like the question because it's a question about yourself and how you can improve instead of how you can sort of, you know, help help your horse with something. And and um, and it's an interesting one because it's it that. It's always the hardest to answer, but now I remember the lesson actually. I remember, I think the video you was talking about is one where um, I, I chose to, to video just a lesson that I did with a. I was on a clinic run and we stopped by and just helped the lady with a horse. And um, and I think we chose to video it. So we had the um, the PA on. And and just because they in the paddock, it just um, it really freaked the horse out, though, though the lesson was in its own paddock and stuff like that. But um, I. Yes, it's a funny one because I'm trying to teach people to be centered and and you know un, you know not not you know so I'm, this is going to be like I'm going to tell you to do something and not do something. So I tell everybody not to daydream and not to think about you know not to be in the future, not to be in the past. Um, but and and I don't sort of you know I don't sort of stand there and go focus on breathing, focusing on all this and, and go right into that meditation sort of thing. Because of something I've done a heap of, but um, what I tend to do, and it's helped me all throughout, um, you know, my training of horses, is slight distraction is okay, not distraction enough to take you out of centre and take you away from your secondary focus, being highly aware of what that horse could or could not, um, and and being able to make a decision in any moment, as in, you know, maybe you have to step away, maybe you have to do something big to get the horse's attention. You know, some be a tree. Um, I'm not just saying I'm going to stay a tree I'm, I'm, uh, and, and not do something if I need to because um, safety first. But what I do is to, to, to help my mind not bounce up and down and, and go into the future and the past as in, oh, my horse is stressing or this is happening and, and I go up and down with anxiety. I A little bit of me sort of, hones into the environment that I'm in I could be sort of thinking about you know the grass the grass is a bit green at the moment and I want to got a bit of rain uh just a simple little thing like that and and my mind is just saying I'm having a good day and yeah I'm just noticing things right here in my environment here and 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 just 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 slightly just things 
um, instead of sort of fully putting all my primary focus on the horse and what it's doing. Um, and I guess it's a matter of trying to train focus a bit more to be aware of what's happening there, but not sort of put all your mind onto it to let your body uh, and your mind just start to think about the things that can go wrong. Um, thinking about the things that go wrong are not going to help you. It's just re uh, acting when something happens or safe is going to help you. Thinking about them is not, not going to help you. So, 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 yeah, that slight distraction of just, and, and, and some people could call it daydreaming. I think once upon a time I did master the art of daydreaming, but um, in this it's kind of like a mild daydream that, that's just, just aware of what's happening around you, just fully hyper-focused on your horse. And you do that in your riding as well, um, you know, because I used to ride a lot of horses where, and, and you, you were in, you're in, you'd had to go to town to work, and and I was at home, and sometimes I could ring my dad up and say, "Come, can you come and ride with me with this horse? I'm a bit worried about it." But most times I was out riding alone, and and there's that feeling when you're out on your own in in you know a long way from anybody to come and help you, um, that you 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 start to into a place that. It's not a nice place where your mind just starts to sort of think about all the things that could happen. Um, and, yeah, that slight little distractive, you know, just thinking about, oh, I might just sort of, you know, just, just keeping your mind a little bit sort of in the moment but not in the moment of the horse um, and having your secondary focus on the horses is, is, is really important, I think. That's great. The next question is, is linked to that one. It's from Ira. And just staying on that topic of, of being centred and grounded, you often call it being a tree, being really strong, and you just can't, you know, you, a horse can't move you. You're a tree that's got the strength into the ground. Ira's been using that with her off-the-track thoroughbred, but he wants to rub on her or nibble on her, um, like a lot of horses do. So she's been making jumping and buzzing sounds you know and I'm kind of sensitive you know that the response that, that you talk about what it's done with her horse is the horse has then got really angry and jumped towards her and tried to bite so what is she missing she's asking with this exercise well the hardest the hardest I guess the hardest thing with all this sort of stuff is every every conversation is no different from an, from another conversation and and this is always my concern about helping people that I've, you know, not had a history with them and their horses. There could be something in there. And that, I guess that's the value of the question and answer. So I can sort of answer the question and say, well, maybe try it a different way. Some, some, um, I'm, get, I'm thinking that um, being a tree, you might become a rabbit. That is the, the thing. Um, so maybe with your particular horse, don't revert to body language to electrify yourself and say, you know, that's my boundary. The other thing you might want to think about is setting a slightly bigger boundary. Uh, so when I say be a tree, I don't necessarily, and, and not drive horses, I don't necessarily mean, you know, that you can't set a slightly bigger boundary for a little bit. Now, now that bit your horse a little bit more aware of you and where you're at. Um, so maybe, for instance, you might set a boundary for a little bit when he's in the herd that he's starting to come in and, and, and that say, well, actually, no, that's my boundary at a metre. So he has, he can't touch you. And, and 
that's where you stay now instead of maybe buzzing or you know jumping or making some sort of big body language um you know movements you might just sort of have a flag and just wave it up in the air quite big and he'll see that and the flag will be a distraction and and it might worry him a little bit which is sort of you know something he just sees the flag and worries but but while he sort of worries you're standing quite calm and your body didn't rise up to any of what he did it's just the flag made a big sort of change and that got him to let go of that you know that thought whatever it was uh and and do that and um and when he softens a little might reach out and and reach out of your bubble a little bit so he can reach out of his bubble and he sniffs on back to your bubble with your hand he goes back into his spot so he's standing in his spot and you just keep that 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 boundary there so it's not about chasing you know because he's being dominant it's about setting a boundary and getting very clear and getting him very aware when when he starts to step into that boundary. Uh, as I say, maybe less body language and something else that can do the 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 the, the can, can can sort of just you know change his thought for you instead of instead of him seeing you body language all the time and maybe making him feel a bit threatened and want to be aggressive. You just stand strong and let the flag change his thought. So he just learns. Um, already the lesson opposed to, to, to you know, necessary, you, your body language. Um, the other thing I, I would also do with him is do more sort of lead rope lessons, uh, stand on, a, on, a, on the lead quietly uh, and not just think about that it's, um, not just think about, uh, oh, you know, I've got to do this liberty or maybe for a little while put a holder on him and then you just put a little bump in the rope when he has that hard thought and it's just, a, it's just enough to say, let go of that stand quietly and he'll go he'll go to do something it'd be the same as you like waving the flag or something you don't go to town on his head and start to sort of run at him and and and, and cause a fight you just um it's big enough to sort of change his thought and then and then you stand quietly so then pull like the flag or the rope does the work to say let go of that thought and 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 the whole time you've stood there with a smile on your face going, I'm your best mate, but um, it's boundary. Okay, the next question comes from Sue. It's following on to now trying to catch a horse. And her horse is really intent and focused on eating. So she'll walk up to him. She can touch him to try and gain his attention. Um, but all he does is continue to eat the grass. So she'll actually lift his head up to put the halter on. She says he reminds her of her son when he was a teenager, really skilled at ignoring. So she's presuming that he's saying that actually he'd rather eat grass than do anything that she's doing. Have you got any advice for her on that one? Uh, it's interesting because um, something I'll first, before I give you any input, I'd, I'd like to set a little uh, task for you and observe him from a distance for a little bit before he eats, uh, sorry, before he, and just sort of, you know, walk to the edge of the paddock where you can see him or where you're catching him from and just watch him. Um, and maybe uh, I love experiments. So, it's, you know, no, no, you know, I just love to sort of just try something different, but maybe when he's not eating, go and approach him and see if he eats when you approach him because that would be interesting to find out. And it could be a, a um, Asian, like a, 
uh, where he kind of sort of blocks you out a little and, and starts to eat when you come over. And, and, and then you would start to think it could be uh, an anxiety-based thing. Um, but, yeah, just throw in a few things like that and do a little little experiment, you know, walk, you know, eating because when horses have got lots of grass on the ground and, and it's a good season, there's no need for them to just be chomping away at grass when you walk over to them. It's only horses that uh, are not on good food and they're suddenly put in a green paddock or they're suddenly given hay that they're not going to put their head up because that's their time and they've got to, they're trying to eat that. Whereas a horse that's on pasture, you know, shouldn't have to kind of just keep munching away because it needs the food. So usually if it's if it's doing that, it's, it's kind of blocking you out. But as I say, doing a bit of an experiment first, just so you've got a bit more of your own, you know, you, you, you can sort of, you know, figure out that, okay, well, when he's not eating, he's okay. And when he's sort of standing quietly, but if he goes to eating when you come over or when he's, and he's not eating and you walk over, he thinks away and walks off. Well, you know that that eating is a bit of an evasion and it's a it's it's, it's him blocking you out. So there's, you know, it's a hard answer because you I, I think in the long run, even if he's shut, shutting you out, shut, shut down horse, you, you still sort of, um, and because, you know, you the other thing also is when you're observing him and, and you're doing that experiment, point, where you might start to walk like he's not eating and you'll walk over and he'll start to eat. When he gets to that point, then he looks like he's going to eat, step back a little bit and see if he just kind of he relaxes because that could be him just looking away. It could be one of those things where the horse just hardens a little and does something as an evasion. So you could you could try approach and retreat um, at, a, at a distance um, by walking to him eating just as, as see, see if, if you can sort of tap into him like that uh, and the other way is getting him to come out instead of listening and uh, which I still encourage everybody to do um, but it's not always the right you know it's not always the the, the thing that's going to really fix a horse but the other way would be is when you're approaching him he goes to eat distract him step back and get his thoughts back up again tell him to let go of that so somehow whatever you do bang your leg whatever do something distract him and, and make sure it's big enough to get a distraction that's all it's not make him scared and make you look dominant it's just big enough to break that train of thought and then and then once he and then soon enough he'll go let go of the grass let go of the grass and then well what's he going to do next you'll see what he's going to do and that's going to be oh, I might walk away uh, uh, or I might come to you or I might, you know, or, or I might think to you, you know. So then you would approach him and every time he thinks towards that grass, you say, let that go. And with a distraction, uh, only approach him when he's um, got his thoughts towards you. Okay, Michaela's got a question that follows on from that, from, from leading. She went to your clinic in Noosa with her off-the-track thoroughbred as well. And she's starting to have problems leading her. So she'll walk up or down a lane and she'll start weaving back and forth without any regard for where she is. So if she keeps at her shoulder, then she'll get right up into her bubble and she ends up being pushed into fences. She has to repeatedly stop and move her over. And she's just not quite sure how to correct this behavior. Um, she 
wants to be sort of seen as being immovable and she doesn't want to have to keep pushing her out of her boundary and she is starting to get closer and closer in on her yeah like like it like um even in the last um you know like in, in a lot of them so you don't have to push your horse out of your way it's more so awareness even just what i was just talking about the awareness of a horse um you know, when you approach it, is it thinking towards thinking towards you? Whereas it's awareness. Um, so I'm going to give you a little, um, like maybe a and talk about a horse that I worked a while ago with a friend, and she had a horse that it, it, it she'd only lead it so far away from where where it was sort of comfortable and really get difficult to control. Um, and I guess we were trying to. You know, she was trying to figure out what was further down there to do some stuff or let it graze or whatever and come back just so um, she didn't have to ride it down so she could lead it down and be a little safer and get the horse used to going back. Um, so what we did with that horse, and, and, and basically I think this is what I'd be doing with your horses, when we went down just a little bit, like I was having a close, uh, like I was, I was keeping a close eye on the horse and, as soon as you felt uh, hesitation, resistance, change of thought, the horse was not sort of connected, I'd stop and I wouldn't go any further. I'd distract the horse. At that stage, I had just a little flag on a stick. I'd bang my leg and the horse recenter. I'd wait until the horse softened and became more centred in that. And then I'd take it back a little bit, back towards where it wanted to be. So I took it back to where it wanted to go. And just a little bit, might only go five metres and then come back. And then I, instead of waiting till it was really getting too hard to manage or, or sort of too stressed, or I'd start to, to, to really tune into when that worry cup was just getting a little bit of worry in it. And then you could see the horse start to disconnect a little and things. And that's where, where I'd stop and I wouldn't take it any further until I got it. So I said, let go of that thought. The horse would let go of that thought. It would soften with me. I'd sort of put my hand out, let it connect with me um, and show up that I'm there and available you know, or, you know, that, that, that I'm another being there to help you uh, who's confident. And then I'd come back home because the idea is you want the horse to follow you out and follow your confidence out and then sometimes lead you out when you, when you go with it. But over the top is to you being on its back and still being together with you going out together. Um, but in this one, it was like, I want you to feel my confidence and then I'll, I'm not going to wait till you take me home. I'm going to go out. I'm going to take you home. So every time the horse would connect with me a little bit, then I'd take it back a few metres and then try again. And further down there till we went uh, quite a way away and the horse could stop and stand and re be relaxed there with me and, and walk back with me. So it's, it's, it's sooner when the horse starts to uh, hit that sort of small threshold uh, so it's, and the other way, you know, it's, it's called like I, I would call it graded exposure. You, you're grading the amount of exposure out. So you go out till you see that first uh, shot of worry go in the cup. You reset the horse, then you can take you back, show the horse that you will take it back, and then you go out further. And, and, and a lot of times it doesn't take too long. You may think that sounds like a long process, but most how quick some horses, um, you know, like how quickly they they start to get the idea and then soften with you and then you can go further 
each time without them even hanging out. Hey, thanks, Mark. That's all we've got time for today. But next week, you're going to be talking, answering questions on rearing and bucking. Rearing and bucking. Exciting. <laughs> thanks very much, Mark. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, Jenny. You can learn more from Mark online through his online training videos. Just search Mark Langley Horsemanship. There's over 380 training videos which everyone has access to with a seven-day free trial. If you like what you see, it's just $15 a month from there. That's help where you need it.